Well, today in this podcast, we're going to teach you how to knock things down. Well, sort of, I guess. It's the strong li- strongholds of your life. And much like the Kool-Aid man busting through the wall, there you go. it might just have a little bit of something for you to help you out with the strongholds in your life. Welcome to another podcast here with Steve and Eddie. We're really glad that you've joined us. And hey, hey, hey. Oh, no, that's Fat Albert. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. A Kool-Aid man, right? Uh, do people, oh, do yeah. people still drink Kool-Aid? Uh, they do. They do or not? They do. Um, man, that's a, they've I've bottled thought... them. They've even really? bottled it, yeah, for little, for, you know, like little, little sippy things uh, yeah. for kids. Um, juice boxes are certain Kool-Aid juice boxes. Um, but the mix is still yeah, out there, too. It's been a long time since I've seen any of that mix. So what, so question for you, uh, Pastor. What is your favorite Kool-Aid flavor? Since since that we're talking about yeah, the Kool-Aid man. I know they've come out with some new ones, but I always liked the cherry. The cherry. I think cherry was my favorite, too. I, I did not, did not enjoy... Uh, lime, lime, lemon, mm-hmm. lime, or even even orange seemed to be so like there was a faint taste of of orange to me. I don't know. Maybe at first. Did you ever? Here's a question. Did you ever make um, pops Kool Aid popsicles? Yeah. Oh yeah, you should yeah. do that. Yeah, that's that's fun. Good memories. Now here's the here's another question. Did you ever have the Tupperware? In your in yeah. your yeah, they, Tupperware they, popsicles, I did things where you, where you pour it into the little container. Man, that was the best way to do it. I mean, that was had them little handles yeah. on. Yeah, and then you got down there and they had the little holes in them right yep. on the stick. You remember that? Well, we uh, we <laughs> I don't know how we went from strongholds to Kool Aid popsicles, but that's okay. Sometimes we get to. <laughs> well, you st- you. You opened the door with a I did Kool Aid man through walls. So. <laughs> well, so how's it going today? All right, it's going nice day outside. Weather Beautiful is day. Wonderful. This is Wednesday. Uh, what is March sixteenth? Tomorrow is St. Patrick's. St. Patty's Day. It's definitely. Uh, I've learned here in the last five days. Um, my wife. My my wife. I was going to say, um, my mom. Uh, mentioned to me that we are we have more Irish in me than what I recognized. Yeah. When I realized actually re- before, so and maybe that's a little bit that comes out around this time where I go into the banquet that I make for. <laughs> well, that's probably true. I study. Uh, I've I've um, looked into how to. I don't know. I think we almost kind of add to it every year, um, but we have a, a, a dinner, St. Patrick's Day um, celebration, with family, and and uh, sometimes we get a chance to invite some friends. But we have a good time, and so tomorrow night we're going to eat some corned beef and cabbage, carrots and potatoes. Part of the part of the problem with I think a lot of us do have Irish, especially Diane's family, but mm-hmm. Scotch Irish, yeah, and then right? you. Get to thinking that some of them has been smooching around on the Blarney Stone too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the old luck of the Irish. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. Well, I tell you what, I uh, the Irish didn't have it so good in America in the beginning. Mm-mm. They they had all the 
They got all the jobs that nobody else wanted. They blasted railroad tunnels. They built skyscrapers. I like that one old picture. All them guys sitting up, way up in the air on a beam. Just eating their lunch. Yeah, that's Irish. They're, they're Irish. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy. So you see how uh, things... And that, that, I guess prejudices would be a stronghold as well, if you really look at that. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention that, but I, I think it's, you know, it's a... It's a possibility, I guess. Yeah. You judge a whole race of people by one person. That's yeah. Uh, anyhow, I didn't mean to get off on that. Well, that's okay. Well, St. Patrick's Day is a day we celebrate or remember. Uh, now, I think that the actual remembering of St. Patrick's, uh, you have to be in kind of tighter circles, but quite the man. We, uh, Peter and I have been learning that through the history. His English. Yeah, and how he then came to um, the Irish and... And uh, did this, but man, the, the way that he was enslaved and the way that all that happened. Yeah. Have you ran across it, the Book of Kells yet? You know, we, we read I've a little bit book. about it, but yeah, but I've we didn't it. go into yeah. much uh, major detail there. Down and I was in Dublin, we went to the museum and seen it. Is that right? Ancient writings, it's kind of cool. Wow, that. that's cool. Anyhow, I didn't mean to... Nope. That's good stuff. It's all good stuff. And so we, we hope that your day tomorrow is uh, filled with green... Uh, green and rainbows and 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 a little St. Patrick. In it. <laughs> well, and then when you come to that whole concept, really, we should celebrate St. Patrick's Day for Patrick taking Christ. Yes. To the, absolutely the Celts. Yep. So that uh, that's really what it's about. That's Nobody, what it's about. A lot of people miss that. They do. Uh, Chicago paints or turns the Chicago River green. Yeah, they dump a bunch. I'm sure there's a lot of brewskis that get. F- throw down the hatch as well but uh-huh. the whole the real concept is about christ right so, yeah it the way that it the way they um well they celebrate that very fact that the the freedom of the soul was brought to them and how this was presented that and was how, a rough place man yeah <laughs> so it, it really 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 neat i've i've enjoyed my study through the christian history and uh, all those different um, aspects to it. But today, we get to step into our time together, uh, present time, and um, look and and, uh, talk a little bit more about the strongholds in our life. So I'd like to go ahead and just dive right into that and uh, go ahead and pray uh, as we do. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for our time here that we've been allowed to have. And I pray that whatever we say in the words of our mouth will be acceptable and pleasing to you. So we invite you and we ask for your wisdom to just um, be lavished upon us, to help us to, to speak good things of your grace and mercy and how powerful you are. We love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Surprised you didn't you didn't notice my headgear this morning. Well, I did notice it. I wasn't going to say. I am wearing this Dodger hat in honor of our hairless gas man. Well, uh, yeah, he he. Uh, it's a good thing that um, you know, just to be in a little bit of representation of of the Dodgers here in spring training. They actually have stepped into spring training. Imagine that. Yeah, here's a, here's a sports news update. Ready? Hoosiers. One last night. Spring training is in action, and Tom Brady's going back into football. Well, well, I'm, 
I'll give the guy kudos. He's a great quarterback. I'm, he's not my favorite quarterback, I guess, but nonetheless. Yeah. But. yeah. Anyhow, strongholds. How to yes. knock down strongholds. Yes, so yes. I started out with that about a building imploding. Is how sometimes to build new that you have to get rid of the old. And I thought about another analogy. It was we spray for weeds, mm-hmm. but they come back. Yeah. And I, I think I think a lot of times we get into our Christian faith and weeds start growing and we don't we let them go. You know, and I know there are, you know, it's like Canadian thistles or jumps on their bad weeds, but you, you, you have to take care of them. But sometimes before long, our yard or our garden's overgrown with them. And I think the Christian life can become that too. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, of course, we're in Ecclesiastes, but I use this to start out with. It's such a, it's such a profound scripture. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. He makes that distinction to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Solomon, he, like I said, he tried every avenue of pleasure and to find contentment in life and he he only found it in God. And that's that's the way with with us as well, I do believe. And he started talking about these four philosophies. Now, if we're not careful, we can let them, like weeds, grow in the garden of our hearts, and even in our walk with Christ. And we we got to guard. We have to guard against that. He said the strongholds of human reasoning and false arguments need to be knocked down and blasted before they do us harm. Actually, and then I started talking about um, a stronghold is it an area of darkness within her mind or personality that causes ongoing spiritual emotion and her behavioral problems. It's like a weed. We believe the lie and then we let it go and then it really mm-hmm. it really starts to cause some problems in our life. Right. And a lot of times we get in a situation where we've gone too far and then we have to deal with that. The good news is that God's word overcomes the lie. You know, and I thought that was interesting when you you talk about putting on the armor of God. The belt always goes on first. I didn't realize I had hmm. never noticed that before. Yeah, huh. you put on the belt of truth because that helps you see the other things. And you know, it's like Jesus said, John fourteen six, "I'm the way and the truth and mm-hmm. the life. No one comes to the Father but by me." Mm-hmm. But he mentions these four uh, strongholds, and the first one is materialism. Possessions satisfy. Supply yourself. Those who embrace this view are on a perpetual binge of accumulating things, and that's all that matters. And in that, and in that push to have things, a lot of families get neglected. A lot of people get overrun or used to achieve their end, which is having stuff. Right. It's a you know, and and well, and Solomon had everything he wanted. There wasn't anything that he he couldn't get. Right. That's pretty. That's hard to grasp in our minds. And there, are, I suppose, there's some people in life that have that that have a lot of money that mm-hmm. they can just buy what they want. But it gets you know it can get it. It gets to be a problem. That's not. That's just the opposite of the way God intended our lives to be. Believers should be the most generous people on the planet, willing willing to give, willing to give up. Will you know? And that's just who we are, but a lot of times we get kind of stingy right. and selfish. Second was hedonism. 
the, kind of the playboy philosophy that life's a party, enjoy yourself. And then you start down that road, your morals start to slide and you start to do things that you shouldn't because you think life should give you what you want in every, right. every facet of your life. Humanism's the next one. Of humanistic philosopher Corliss Lamont writes this, Humanism, having its ultimate faith in man, believes that human beings possess the power or potentiality of solving their own problems. Man can accomplish this goal through reliance primarily upon reason and scientific method applied with courage and vision. Man, we can't solve our own problems. If we could, those people in Ukraine wouldn't be suffering. <laughs> right. Yeah. That whole humanistic approach you know it's the thing I was having this discussion the other day about about the humanistic approach to life a lot of humanists are they believe in evolution right yeah you can take you can go back with them to where it started and they would say that some cell or amoeba or whatever crawled out of primordial slime and became a man where'd that slime come from they don't have an answer for that. Right. I have yet to read where they've got an answer where the swamp came from. Who made the swamp? Right. Well, it was always there. We can't. That's impossible. Right. You know, it, you you take that argument back, and I I haven't had anybody that believes in evolution explain to me where that came from or a Big Bang theory. Who created the Big Bang? Mm -hmm. You can't you can't create something out of nothing. Right. It's impossible. It's like the, the laws of t t thermodynamics. Matter is always in decay, and matter cannot create itself. Mm, Something right. had to make it. Yeah. The fact evolution versus creation. In creation, we have an answer. God made it. Mm -hmm. So, the, humanism. The next one's fatalism. That just resign yourself and live like you want, and, and it doesn't matter. It is what it is, regardless of what you do or how you live. Doesn't really make any difference, and you can't change the outcome of your future. That's just the way that it is. A lot of people who are fatalists you know a lot, but a lot of suicides come from people that have that philosophy right. in life. Well, and then Solomon switches gears, and he said, "Here's an alternative philosophy on living that does work." He says, for I have taken all this to my heart and explain it. And then he goes on and that's what he does in Ecclesiastes 9, 1 through 10. It, he, he explains the biblical perspective about, and he, he lists four major elements. And the first element is this, the sovereign hand of God, verse 1. Righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. He was saying that the God is in control, and that's the that's the tension that we have. That we live in a world that's marred by sin, but yet the sovereign God is still on the throne. He doesn't. He only he he intervenes when he needs to, but because of he's given us choice. Man don't always make. Boy, that was a tremendous risk that God gave man choice, but that's the only way it would work. Right. It's the only way it will work. Is that? Well, whatever the case, it's comforting to know that the compassionate, righteous Lord is in control. We might not think that, but He is. The second major element was the absolute certainty of death. You know, that's the thing. Nobody's going to get out of that. It's become a, a, a scrape. 
inescapable fact of the human life. And regardless if you're wicked or holy, we're all we're all still gonna gonna have to die. And I think, you know, the more wisdom that you have in God, you kind of come to grips with that. Death doesn't fear you. I think you sometimes we fear on how it's going to happen, but we know that it's death is the beginning. It's the beginning of eternity with Christ. So it, it's something that, in a sense, it's kind of morbid, but you you kind of look forward to it some days. Right. You know that that anticipation, um, the 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 understanding that our eyes need to continually be heavenward rather than earthly. Yeah, absolutely. We have this I mean, ten- tendency to stick here on Earth, you know. Well, um, and you know, we hate we hate to lose people, but right, it is what it is. It's just, and you can thank Adam and Eve for that. Oh, third element: the evil insanity of the human heart. He said in verse three, "The hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterward, they go to the dead." My goodness, it doesn't. You don't have to be too astute to to understand the evil and insanity of the human heart. And we see now in Europe the insanity and evil in one man's heart and how much suffering that can cause. Right. Uh, They've already got mass graves. Oh, there are are children and women and ever. I mean, a lot of that segment of that society is in danger and. It doesn't matter. He's bombing hospitals and everything else. So that makes no sense to me, but it makes sense to this. The evil insanity of the human heart. It's like Dallas Willard said in The Spirit of the Disciplines, speaking to believers. He said, don't kid yourself. We're all capable of great evil. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you've got to guard your heart. And like you said, you've got to keep focused on Christ. Fourth element was genuine hope for the living. He said in verse 4 through 6, Whoever is joined with all the living, there is hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion, for the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor have they any longer reward, for their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. In that culture in those days, um, all dogs were seen as diseased, rabid animals. I don't suppose their life lasted very long and lions were saw with respect and he's saying it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion mm. is that if that makes sense that's, yeah. and that's kind of the, the point he's making there and he goes in then as we talk about blasting those strong strongholds and then he gives us great counsel on how to live 365 days a year I, I, I like I like what he has to say here in verse 7 he says, live happily wherever you are. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. Be content is where that's going. And boy, I tell you what, uh, David Jeremiah talked about that Monday night. That whole thing about be content, if you're content, your life will be a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. You won't be sitting around worrying, uh, anxious about every moment and whatever. Um, I don't people that's content I don't think get ulcers ulcers is caused by stress right yeah it, they don't uh, and, and boy it's a sneaky thing sometimes you know stress oh it, it, it's a silent killer I think it, uh, it really is yeah it it's not something I, I think that it's it's so sneaky that 
It's it's like when your shoulders, you you don't realize that your shoulders are shrugged or tensed, and somebody says, well, you "Just relax," and then you go, "Okay, I'm relaxing." You're like, "No, seriously, relax," and you're like, "I I am relaxed." And you're, no, I can see it. I can see it in your demeanor. You're not relaxed. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it's like people get massages. Mm-hmm. Then that masseuse or whatever you call them gets into those stress knots yeah it hurts yeah yeah it clears man, away the... and they can tell immediately man you're you are well tired and drum you are stressed right and then we were down in texas one time for a conference and we had a break so diane went to this and i went to this mall and there was some asian guys doing i mean they had a special like 15 dollars for whatever yeah man he got them little elbows in my them stress knots <laughs> oh my gosh i about come off of that chair <laughs> It felt better when he got done. Yeah. But my goodness gracious. He was gonna give your fifteen dollars worth, wasn't he? He was gonna he was gonna get in there. You know, and, and what the scripture says, Paul said, Don't be anxious for anything. That's right. Don't be stressed. Don't give, worry. Give it to Don't Christ. be anxious. Don't give it to be Christ. Give it, it, you know, and then Turn also over Paul like... did say and this is amazing, he could say that the life that he lived. He said, I have learned to be content, whatever state. I'm in. That's right. Whatever circumstance I'm in, whether I'm shipwrecked at sea, whether uh, he got bit by a snake, mm-hmm. and on that island, I think it's Malta, when the shipwreck and the beatings and on, and then on to Rome, knowing probably that he's going to be executed, he was content. But you know, man, oh man, we get wound up on stuff if we get caught in traffic somewhere. Right. I mean, it's it's amazing, but it's it's out there. God holds that out, and we can have it. We can have that kind of life if we so choose, That's right. but it's it's overcoming your own will with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the point. We can live that. We can get as close to Christ as we want. It's on us. And That's right. You know, I, you can yammer about that all day because I'm talking to myself. But the sec- second thing, the first one is live happily wherever you are. And the second, walk in purity and in the power of the Spirit. Let your clothes be white all the time and let not oil be lacking on your head. This verse is not to be interpreted literally. Why clothes often symbolize moral purity and spiritual righteousness, and oil typically represents the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is what we've said. We say it a lot. We preach it. We talk about it. Live under the power of the Holy Spirit and not under the power of yourself. That is the point. So I like the third one. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Enjoy your wife. You know, that's what that book we was talking about shifted. Sifted. 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 He Mm -hmm. asked that guy that done all the years of ministry and on and on. He said, what's one nugget of truth? He said, stick with your wife. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was good. And this is funny that Solomon said that. Mm-hmm. So he had 700 wives. Yeah, he right. didn't follow his own advice, did he? No. <laughs> Think about that. Oh, it's just crazy. And maybe he, he, probably, he probably missed that. Because when you're married, of course, I've been married 51 years, but you have a lot of stories. You've been through some pretty dramatic things, death and on and disease and sickness and on and on so you've got a you've got a tremendous story with that person that you'll never have with anybody else right if one of us would die now and and the other one would remarry it'd be for companionship or whatever but you wouldn't have that story you wouldn't have those stories of 50 
one or 50, whatever that might be, years, right. you've built that together. I, I guess there are, are times where you get aggravated with each other, but I can sit here today and confess that I've never fell out of love with my wife. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Isn't that great? I mean, and people will say that. You, you have people sat down across your desk. Well, you know, we just got up one morning and don't love each other anymore. Well, I don't. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to believe that. Yeah. I think that's a rationalization. And then what you're saying in rebellion is, I don't want to love him anymore. Right. You're making that choice. It's not that you don't. There had to be something. There has to be something with, unless you're, it's a shotgun wedding or something. <laughs> there has to be, there has to be something there. Yeah. Well, and over the years, if you don't communicate, you try to go your separate ways. There's a gulf that starts, and Satan wants to widen that. I mean, man, divorce is one of his favorite things. He's destroy families. That's what yeah. he's up to. So, well, and and it and it's all about selfishness. Oh, absolutely. And as you and I. Um, and possibly Kurt too. I've not talked to him about this part, but the when we bring people through premarital counseling, we talk about the triangle. Whereas we, uh, each individual, then gets closer to God. Uh, you know, on those far ends of those triangles, as we come closer to God in that peak, then we become closer to each other, and we continue to draw closer to one another as we seek to. Uh, have God's will and not our ways. Yeah, absolutely. And then that the last one says, throw yourself fully into whatever. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, verily do it with all your might, for there's no activity or planning or wisdom in Sheol, which is the grave, where you are going. You won't always be able to find pleasure in life that, and enjoy the blessings that God has given us. So... You need, we need to live 100%, live fully. Even in this day in which we're, is, we're in and looking every day and being aware of divine appointments and those windows of opportunity that the Holy Spirit opens for us to be Jesus. You know, that's been my prayer about the Ukrainians. Believers, this is a huge opportunity for them to share Christ. That's right. Huge. And that's not the reason we're having the war. I'm just right. saying that they've got to rise, and it's a good, it's a it's a great time for them to be generous and to reach out, because Christ looked for suffering people. There's suffering people here, but there's nobody in America. I shouldn't say nobody, but a whole group of people that's suffering like a whole nation. Right. And the flip side of that is, as we've heard from a Russian, there's the Russians are suffering. This has caused the. the I'd have to say today that you wouldn't, you'd be hard-pressed to find very many Russians that are behind this, that, mm-hmm. that are happy it's happening. Yeah. So it's sad. That's it is sad very thing. sad. It's, it's, uh, they've got relatives. They've got loved ones that are living in sure. Ukraine. They're, they've Probably many of them have already lost loved ones in this whole process. Yeah. And then I closed by, have you guys strongholds in your life? You struggle with... Mat- uh, materialism, you have a tendency to be in a hedonist, you try to mix your faith with humanism or um, fatalism, and then they're in the bulletin, and I ask people, like, one would be no application, and five was thorough application, are you living happily wherever you are? What would you give yourself, a one or a five or somewhere in the middle? Are you walking in purity in the power of the Spirit? 
do you enjoy your spouse? Do you throw yourself fully into whatever? So that's kind of that's kind of where we went with that. Yeah. And in in uh, looking back, it was a great joy to baptize those kids and Megan. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, it was a that's a that is a good time and. Uh, yeah, and you, you didn't even have little Bill uh, do no, a cannonball in on you. No, I thought sure that my friend Bill Johnson was going to dive off into that. I think he, I think that's I could just see it in his face, and I oh. grabbed him and leg and said, "You need to come down the steps, Bill." Little so, mini. Well, I thought sure he was. Man, he wanted to jump in there bad. <laughs> no, little little mini pool there, you know. It's, the problem is that uh, Stacy and Joel would have got a little water on them and yeah, on the, underneath on that keyboard sure. if that if there was a wave come across there. And so. def- <laughs> most definitely, I do appreciate the protection. <laughs> so, uh, well, Steve, I guess we're making the shift. You're gonna you're gonna bring the message Sunday. Yep. So, yep. And um, one of the the way that I feel like the Lord is leading is is to uh, take uh, the the man that you've been talking about. I know I, Peter did that a little bit as he led led into the way that he spoke about disciples, Solomon, yeah. uh, and and with Solomon and, and and the discipleship in our lives and how we need to. Um, and so um, the the message title it might change just a little bit, but common denominators, pride, and redemption. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be talking about uh, two two guys specifically. I'm going to briefly touch base on Solomon and what you've been talking about there. It's going to be wealth, women, and wisdom. And then we're going to yeah. talk about King Nebuchadnezzar. And we're going to talk about dreams, do's and don'ts, and deities. Yeah. And then we're going to be talking about us and uh, the, the, the selfish aspects of privilege pride and protection and through that then we find that our with those those three that were mentioned Solomon Nebuchadnezzar and us there's redemption that was that was a part of their lives they either knew about it they either they either uh, stepped into it and received it and said and did something big I mean you look at Nebuchadnezzar and he said oh my either do this or you're done yeah right yeah and then he realized there is no other god so redemption and realizing well I, that whole story about nebuchadnezzar as well because he went out and lived like an animal yes you know, yeah. I, I, I had a picture later of him on these hair yeah. real long got cl- his fingernails grew into claws crazy he's eating grass like a cow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he come you're right he came to his senses yeah and so yep. then uh, and then us you know, we we have a chance for redemption, and, and it's through Jesus Christ, and and through a God who loves us so much that He gave us His Son, and um, so we're going to be talking about that and how we can. You know, I think sometimes when we when we deal with pride, there are areas of pride that we we don't realize that are under the surface. We've we've kind of skated over, and we we don't. Maybe re- recognize that that is w- what we would necessarily call pride, and we have a tendency to um, think we're think we're privileged to think this way, and and we need to protect that, and so therefore through pride we have this tendency to 
to just keep on keeping on. And what we're finding out is that we're living in sin. Yeah. And that's tough because I'm not, I'm not talking specifically to, to, to people that are not churched. I'm talking to individuals that do have sin and, and all that, but the, the, the churchgoers throughout many, many lives or many, many years rather, uh, in their life that, um, that we have, we have to have the Holy Spirit continue to work on us. So there, that's that's the premise. And um, well, I don't know. You triggered something there. I I looked Luke twenty one, twenty eight, and it's about end times. But it it applies something you said about looking up. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Mm, that's it. New New Living Translation, same verse. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the point, like you said, but that's the point. You ha- you're the one who has to raise your head to look up. Yep. He doesn't grab your chin and pull it up. Like, <laughs> like some moms did with a kid when they're trying to get their attention. They'll grab their chin and <laughs> get right up in their face and say, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Well, Pastor, it's it's wonderful to spend time with you today. And as um, so we wrap this time up, why don't you have a word of prayer for us as we well, uh, let that soak in. Here and well, we saw some Easter lilies blooming already. Yeah. I just can hardly believe that. So. Yep, that's right. Easter's around the corner and coming up in April, April 17th. And so we're absolutely looking forward to that celebration. Well, and I just wanted to tell the folks that's listening that sometimes bring me candy i don't like peeps so don't be bringing no peeps up here so you know what i'm saying i you know woo, i like solid chocolate rabbits like yeah. a, a foot tall so you get them well listen i have to i have to say that i have to mix my chocolate with peanut butter i i think that that's that's my when when i think about chocolate i used to love chocolate in the of course, you know when you when you were in a, and we're really getting off the, the the path here. We needed to pray and then talk yeah, about this. Do. But but let me just say this: that when I I thought there was a solid Easter bunny, and then you'd bite into its, it's ear hollow. and it's hollow, and you're yeah, like, that's oh, a bad geek. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather uh, bite into its ear and have some peanut too. butter in there. But anyway, go ahead, Pastor. Lord, we love you. We just thank you for for joy that you put in our hearts. Amen. That even in the midst of chaos around us and a world that mm. looks like it's going down the tubes which actually Jesus when you come it will but we need to be ready for that I know that but we can still we can still have peace in our heart and uh, the fruit of you Holy Spirit can still flow out of our lives regardless of what's going on yes what a how great grateful we should be for that and Lord I, I know that strongholds are like weeds and they take root help us to be aware of that not to let them grow and that's the point and when they're there when you point them out holy spirit with your bright light that we might deal with it there that we might ask your forgiveness and move on so i uh, thank you for that lord and thank you for your word and, and help us to do these things that solomon has instructed mm-hmm. and i just pray for steve lord and his message sunday as it uh, goes out that as it speaks to hearts and i just pray that you give him um the wisdom and i yes, know that father. you do lord and give him the words to say and be with us as we listen that we are open we ask all these things in the name of christ amen 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 
Well, thank you for joining us here today. We're so glad that you've joined us. Um, I think I just said that twice at the beginning and the end of that sentence. <laughs> anyway, we hope that your uh, days are filled with some nice sunshine and warmth here as we all get to enjoy that. But thanks for joining us today in that we get a chance to spend this time pouring in, digging a little deeper, uh, talking about the relevancy um, here across the desk. And until next week, we'll say goodbye for now, and thanks again. <laughs>